H.E. News, Episode 13. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Prof. Woodruff. This week, the B vitamins, the deficiency disorders, supplementation, and your health. Welcome back to Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. We're here in the Vancouver studio. My name's Andrew McGivern. Good afternoon, Andrew. And today we're going to talk about B vitamins. Uh, we're going to go through all the different vitamins. I think there's, there's eight or nine of them, Croft? Yes. We're looking at actually about 11, I think. Oh, wow. Because you, you have thiamine. Vitamin B1. Thiamine, riboflavin, yeah. mm-hmm. B2. Uh, you have niacin, which is B3, but also niacinamide, which is sometimes categorized as B4. Mm. Uh, then uh, you have B5, which is pantothenic acid. B6, which is pyridoxin. Pyridoxal 5-phosphate is its actual chemical name, I guess. Uh, that's B6. Okay. Uh, then we have, well, we'll jump to vitamin B12. Then your folic acid. That would uh, be B9. Yeah. Uh, biotin. B7. And I think that's it, isn't it? So we've got these, they're all water-soluble vitamins? Basically, they are. Yeah, I know what we have to mention, too, of course, is choline and inositol. They uh, comprise of lecithin, but they are considered part of the B vitamin family. Mm-hmm. And they are emulsifying agents, so they can be used to transport both the oil and water-soluble nutrients. Um, they play a very important role uh, in brain and neurological function as well. But uh, So we'll go right back to the beginning, thiamine. Okay, thiamine is good for... Thiamine is, there's the three Ds, dementia, delirium, and death for the lack of thiamine, and I think uh, riboflavin and, uh, and also uh, niacin or niacinamide. And of course, uh, beriberi was once considered uh, a, a tropical disease, if I recall correctly, but it's the B vitamins that solve that. The Japanese Navy found that out way back in the 19th century where the uh, sailors, they had problems with beriberi, and uh, the fact is that it was the white rice, you see. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, they had a, a devil of a time persuading Japanese sailors who were raised on white rice that it would be better if they ate the brown rice, and uh, so there was almost a revolt. And it's interesting enough, too, there was an anecdote about this mental asylum somewhere in uh, Southeast Asia, and the, the, all the inmates were on, poly, uh, on white rice. And somehow or another, they changed cooks, and instead of uh, the chickens getting the polishings, the inmates got the polishings, and they all got better. And, uh, interesting. And I guess the chickens lost their feathers. And vitamin B2, I'm just looking at... Um Wikipedia right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, deficiency of vitamin B2 causes ariboflavinosis. That's a fancy Crack, word. Cracks in the lips. High yeah, that is a sign here. Yeah, yeah, it's also called chelosis, where you have cracks in the corners of the lips uh, and uh, of the, or the corners of the mouth. And yes, uh, that's chelosis. And uh, 
some smart ass of a doctor asked me what was chelosis, and I I knew what cracks in the corner of the mouth were all about, and I knew that it was a a riboflavin deficiency, but I wasn't able to associate it with the term chelosis, so he thought he had one up on me. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, yes, light sensitivity, uh, your eyes being sensitive to light is also a sign of a riboflavin deficiency. Uh, the visual purple, which allows you your sight to adjust from dark to light, uh, bright rooms to dark rooms again, is dependent on riboflavin, adequate riboflavin levels. So niacin is, uh, as you were saying before, pellagra? Uh, yes, and uh, schizophrenia, definitely uh, mental illness. and But also, guess what? Niacin lowers blood cholesterol. A thousand milligrams of niacin a day. That's just two 500-milligram tablets, if you can stand the flush. But you can get no-flush niacin, and it does lower cholesterol. Now, this is work that was established by doctors Hoffer and Osmond, as well as Dr. Manuel Cheraskin and other physicians and psychiatrists working with the B vitamins. Also, it was noted that it can help to slow down memory loss. So very, very important, very important B, B vitamin. And this is the vitamin that causes a flesh. Yes, that's the pure niacin itself. Niacinamide, which is the uh, a stable form of niacin, I guess you could say, it doesn't cause the flesh, but it is valuable. and It can help with memory and with other um, functions relative to the brain. What is the B vitamin that causes the uh, urine to be bright yellow? Is that riboflavin? Uh, yeah, riboflavin does that. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people say that when they see that, they're saying that they're being their vitamins, down, their vitamins yeah. down the drain. But well, I'd rather be urinating a surplus of uh, of nutrients rather than trying to get by on a scarcity, because the people who are in trouble mentally and physically more often than not, they're that way because they have a scarcity of these important nutrients in their diet. Mm-hmm. I like the um, what was that cartoon? by Mike Adams, where it shows expensive urine. On one side, it has a list of you know B vitamins and, and uh, vitamin C and mm-hmm. whatnot. On the other side, it has a list of uh, Viagra, mm-hmm. Lipitor, mm-hmm. and uh, various other over-the-counter and prescription drugs, and tallies up the cost on each side, and which one's more expensive. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, they're peed down the drain, too, because they're finding in the sewage treatment plants, uh, they're finding uh, sometimes whole undissolved pills, but also uh, this stuff is in solution, and uh, they've got to filter all of that out if they're recycling the water for, uh, for uh, potable purposes, drinking water, in other words. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another issue that has to be uh, considered. Yeah. Moving on to vitamin B5, that, pant- pantothenic acid. Yeah, that is an anti-stress vitamin. The, apparently the adrenal glands uh, are a high site of pantothenic acid as well as vitamin C. The studies that were done by, um, and I forget his name, he was, in, uh, he was a biochemist in, in Montreal, and he, uh, he, he said that uh, rats that were given pantothenic acid swimmed many times longer than rats who didn't have pantothenic acid. And so it uh, gives you strength and endurance that you otherwise wouldn't have. But the same thing could be said for vitamin C. 
but definitely uh, it is a very important anti-stress factor. And deficiency can result in acne and paresthesia? And fatigue, yeah. So people who do have acne, would would it be true that supplementing with vitamin B5 will help? It will help. Uh, the B vitamins are important for the health of the skin anyways. They should be taking all the B vitamins in significant potencies. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, a very important mineral for skin health is zinc. Interesting. And uh, I've seen 21-year-old men come in to, to, to me for... Uh, information and advice, and uh, suffering from uh, acne, particularly across the, the the back and on the face, and clear it up in a matter of three to four weeks uh, by taking about 50 milligrams of zinc uh, citrate or zinc gluconate a day. And uh, zinc ointment is very good to put on on wounds uh, for for promote healing and lessening of scars. Vitamin E is good for that too. And vitamin B6. Okay, paradoxin. paradoxin. It seems to be the antidepressant vitamin. Uh, and uh, again, b- brain and neurological function, very, p- very important role there. Last yeah. February, one of the major pharmaceutical companies uh, patented a synthetic form mm-hmm. of vitamin B6, I think, in, in the form of uh, paradoxin. Yeah, well, paradoxin, hydrochloride. Uh, they've patented well. The natural form of vitamin B six as it's found in uh, in food is pyridoxal five phosphate, but there are other uh, forms of it as well. So uh, whatever they're patenting, uh, uh, if it works, fine. But then if they're patenting it, you're going to pay a premium price. And what is their step going to be to ban all other forms of uh, vitamin B six off the well, market? Well, they petitioned the FDA in the U.S. to do just that. To do just that, and mm-hmm. and be, and you know their argument is that vitamin B six supplements contain a drug, mm-hmm. but it didn't contain a drug until they they made a drug out of it. That's right. And patented a a similar but slightly different molecule. Yeah. So are they going to get away with it? It's the $64,000 question. Well, it looks or like maybe it'll be a $64 billion question when they take it out of the food chain uh, as a supplement, uh, as an item that has to be prescribed, and doctors know zilch about vitamins. Uh, certainly, um, uh, then there's going to be all kinds of problems. But so far, they haven't got any way with this, I presume. They did the same thing with tryptophan. Yes, uh, they did, and... I don't know how long that's going to last because they've already people have already got around that with 5-HTP, and then there's uh, tyrosine which can be metabolized into tryptophan by the body, and I say, well, the best thing to do is to work with your liver and make sure that it gets the nutritional factors that will allow you to synthesize your own tryptophan, which can be done, and there are foods very rich in tryptophan anyways, uh, meat and f- fish and uh, eggs and and uh, milk, cheese, all this sort of thing. So uh, there are ways of getting around it. And vitamin B B seven biotin. Okay, biotin has uh, more to do with healthy hair and uh, the quality of the hair. And that's about all I can tell you about biotin. I haven't come across too much on it. Yeah, it's saying uh, there's not really a, any deficiency disorder associated with it. Yeah. Uh, and may lead to impaired growth in neurological disorders yeah. in infants. Yeah, which uh, may is a big if. The bottom line is this, that we have to realize that the B vitamins work together as a team. 
And you get your B vitamins in, in whole food, and that means food that isn't processed and doesn't have to have stuff added to it, then you're going to be better off for it. Uh, and of course, if you supplement, then you want to make sure that you have a supplement that has all the B vitamins in it in significant potencies. And today, there are brands out there that have B vitamins, um, a high-potency multiple vitamin and mineral that has a significant amount of B vitamins. You know, in 50 milligram lots, micrograms, of course, according to what's allowed in terms of folic acid and uh, and vitamin B12. Uh, biotin is also in micrograms. Folic acid for restless leg syndrome. They've limited the maximum amount of folic acid in a vitamin tablet, either by itself or in a multiple vitamin, to one milligram, which is a thousand micrograms. Okay. So folic acid—that's vitamin B nine. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, its deficiency disease is macrocytic anemia, and also causes uh, elevated levels of homocysteine. Yes, uh, which can lead to heart uh, disease. Uh, but it's also very important, uh, again, for healing. Uh, it also, it's very important for, uh, for the uh, cell replication, the DNA, uh, and uh, repairing a, a damaged DNA. Folic acid plays a very important role in that. And uh, deficiency in a woman who is pregnant, uh, if, she has, if she's deficient for the first uh, three months of her pregnancy, uh, her chances of, of, of giving birth to a child with neural tube defects uh, so-called spina bifida, where you actually have an opening to the spine, to the outside of the body, and or other crippling conditions, that is a folic acid deficiency. And vitamin B12, co uh, cobalamine? Cyanocobalamine or cobalamine. Again, uh, this is a B vitamin that has a mineral in it, cyanide. Yeah, we talked about that in the in the last episode when we were talking about laetrile yes. in our natural cancer yeah. uh, therapy episode, uh, which was labeled vitamin B17. That's right. Although it wasn't officially... No, it's created. never been recognized officially as a B vitamin. But the fact is it is found virtually in all seeds in the, uh, in the, in, within the pit of the cherry, apricot, uh, peach, plum, uh, apple seeds, pear seeds, any of these, uh, you will find this um, so-called uh, laetrile and, uh, or amygdalin is the other word that they use for it. So the um, B12, uh, yeah, it can, pernicious anemia is caused by B12 deficiency. Vegetarians, total vegetarians, are the ones who are at risk for uh, pernicious anemia, B12 deficiency, and I do know of a couple of instances where uh, these were people who were total vegetarian and no B12 in their diet, wouldn't take any B vitamins for a supplement, and uh, they died of uh, pernicious anemia. And that was right here in Vancouver. You were mentioning before the show that there's some uh, rumors or bad press, I guess you'd call it, going around for the B vitamins. Oh, yeah. If you take too much uh, B12 and folic acid over a long period of time, you are at risk of, uh, of more, be, being more susceptible to cancer. Uh, this is a study that came out of Norway, 
And uh, this is the um, type of study that uh, is designed to give you bad results simply because the subjects were heavy smokers and heavy drinkers, candidates who would be highly susceptible to getting cancer regardless of whatever they were taking besides tobacco and alcohol. Uh, we know that tobacco uh, smoke, uh, because of what uh, the impurities that are in it, is a, is a confirmed carcinogen. And we know that there are factors in, in different wines uh, and uh, alcoholic beverages that may contribute to cancer. So uh, to uh, try and hang cancer on uh, two essential B vitamins is totally laughable and, uh, and it shows you uh, how science can be prostituted. Who benefits from people not taking B12 and folic acid is the question that has to be asked. Who, whoever paid for that study probably is the one who would benefit from such uh, adverse findings. But I could take you to studies that have been done over 30 and 40 years ago where uh, vitamin B12 and folic acid were very important and playing a role in, in preventing cancer and also playing a very important role in the treatment of cancer. There is a reference buried way back in my files about a, uh, a biochemist. I think she was a Catholic nun, but she worked in a, in a university and in biochemistry, and she was successfully treating cancer patients with something like 10,000 international units of uh, B12. And, uh, and uh, I forget what the dose of folic acid was, but it was in conjunction, both together. And the cancers were going into remission. Interesting. There's an article that came out in May 2003 in the UK. And it says, high doses of vitamins and minerals taken over a long period of time could cause permanent damage to your health and may lead to cancer, warns the UK Food Standards Agency. Gee, tell that to uh, Linus Pauling, who... He died at the age of, what, 93? Same thing with Emmanuel Cheraskin. He died in his 90s. Albert Zentgeorgia. These are all great uses of, of uh, vitamin C as well as the B vitamins and minerals. And uh, he, he lived uh, into his uh, late 80s or 90s. I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, biochemist. He was with the University of uh, Texas. And uh, he, more than any other biochemist, was responsible for identifying many of the, or most of the B vitamins. He's the one who actually uh, isolated and identified folic acid as a B vitamin. The article continues saying that the FSA is urging people to cut down on vitamin C, calcium, iron, and has for the first time set safe daily limits for various supplements. It also issued strong warnings on six and even demands the ban of one product, which is chromium Piclinate. Piclinate, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, which they say could cause cancer. Well, of course, this is, uh, again, faulty science. Uh, chromium piclinate, just like what we call glucose tolerance factor chromium, is very important for people who have a uh, susceptibility to uh, blood sugar fluctuations, pre-diabetics, uh, people who uh, uh, suffer from um, hypoglycemics. Uh, these are people that actually benefit from a chromium supplement. So again, this is, uh, again, bad science. With regard to uh, lowering the vitamins, well, we already know that the recommended uh, allowances for vitamin C are way too low. Uh, we're, as I sa said before, we're seeing uh, the recurrence of um, 
uh, scurvy among children in mm-hmm. uh, in the United Kingdom. Now, this is uh, this is a subject of uh, of a report in the British newspapers uh, in the, in November of this year. We're going to be we're going to be talking about vitamin C in our going into great detail on vitamin C in our next episode. But uh, they're talking about nicotinic acid. Of course, nicotinic acid is another word for niacin. Yes. And, uh, and niacin is very important in, uh, in, in dealing with schizophrenia and, and, and other uh, illnesses, uh, mental illnesses. And it's amazing. Uh, I, I know of an instance where uh, this gentleman uh, who uh, was clearly a schizoid, and uh, he'd be carrying on a conversation with my friend, and all of a sudden... Uh, he would start arguing with an invisible being alongside him, at least so he thought, and in, in, in very strong terms, you know. And then he turned back and resumed the conversation with my friend. Well, it just happened that my friend is a great believer in taking uh, vitamins, and he happened to have a no-flesh niacin handy. And companion said, uh, what, what is that? And, uh, and oh, uh, could I try that? Well, sure, and he gave him one. It's amazing the effect... That it had on him because uh, this guy was not a very good uh, person to be around in terms of company because very hostile and argumentative. And the next thing my friend knows is that somebody else comes by and, what have you done? Because he's so, ch- what's with so-and-so? He's changed, you know. Just one dose of nice. No flesh nice. Interesting. No more voices. So you've got articles like this and, and the study that you mentioned before, which really confuses people over the use of these products. Well, it's meant to. It's obviously because, again, I, I think it is a policy of, uh, of the uh, sickness industry, and especially those who profit most from it, to, uh, to divert people from uh, taking control and responsibility for their health by, for instance, learning how to eat properly and making the correct choices in foods and beverages and, and supplementing their diet where, where it might benefit. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to sit down and take about 40 vitamins every day. Uh, by wise investment, you can get yourself a very significant multiple vitamin and mineral of high-potency B vitamins, where uh, what I call the macro Bs, the more potent Bs are in the 50 milligram range, and your micro Bs, which like B12, and folic acid uh, and biotin will be in micrograms, but in proportionate amounts, where there'll be 50, uh, 50 micrograms or 100 micrograms or, or 1,000 micrograms uh, in the case of vitamin B12. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, a balance of minerals in that. Uh, this can make a big difference just by taking one of those a day. Maybe some extra vitamin C, 1,000 milligrams a day, can make a whole lot of difference for a person's state of, uh, of uh, health and well-being. But if people have more serious problems, then it might mean that they have to take extra of this vitamin or that vitamin over and above the basics. And uh, people don't get enough magnesium, for instance. Uh, magnesium is, a, is an orphan mineral. It's much ignored. And yet uh, it is the, the lack of magnesium is one of the major causes of heart attack or stroke hmm. because the magnesium is what helps regulate the heartbeat and the pulse. For a lack of magnesium, the pulse can collapse and cause a blockage and bring on a stroke or heart attack. Interesting. Just looking at these, the vitamin toxicity levels here mm-hmm. uh, on this site here, it's, uh, it's showing that tolerable upper level intake 
for most of the B vitamins, uh, there isn't one. Vitamin B3, they're saying 35 milligrams a day. Which is absurd. And vitamin B6, 100 milligrams a day. What would you say when you have somebody uh, like Canadian prisoners of war in these Japanese camps? I mean, it was just despicable the way uh, our our soldiers were treated uh, in these prison camps. And they were healthy men when they went in. And when they came out, some of them were very, very, well, they were, they were skin and bones. And some of these people, because of this, uh, these years of starvation, chronic starvation, actually developed acquired requirements for larger doses of B vitamins, larger amount of B vitamins than an ordinary diet would ever supply, a good diet would ever supply. And this is work that was established by the late, great Canadian biochemist and medical doctor, Abram Hoffer. Uh, through his knowledge and his work as a, first in biochemistry and then as a medical doctor, he was put in charge by Tommy Douglas, and he was put in charge of the mental hospitals in Saskatchewan. I mean, the, uh, until Abe took over, they were rat holes. And uh, he cleaned them out by, with the B vitamins. He and Humphrey Osmond, they worked together, two great Canadian scientists and medical doctors, and, and what kind of acknowledgement did they get? They are men with honor outside of this country, but because of politicians and uh, their love affair with uh, the people who finance their political campaigns, big pharma. But the bottom line is is that uh, there were, there were uh, returning Canadian soldiers who, thanks to Abe Hoffer, were able to return to normal life because he, f- he found out that they had acquired through the treatment in the Japanese prison camps, higher requirements for the B vitamins, especially vitamin B3, niacin. And uh, one of the um, participants in his study was a lieutenant governor of the province of Saskatchewan. And um, I just can't remember the gentleman's name, but he benefited from being part of the study that uh, Dr. Hoffer conducted. And I, I recommend people get Dr. Hoffer's book. That's well, the guess about the last one he wrote, and it's Adventures in uh, in Psychiatry, or Orthomolecular Psychiatry, Abram Hoffer. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a must book on a reading list. But anyways, having said all that, yeah, this is absurd to set these uh, upper limits. These people don't even know what they're talking about. Because today, over the counter in any health store or pharmacy in North America, you can find B vitamins in 100 milligram potencies, uh, 200 milligram potencies, 500 milligram potencies. You can buy, find a, a B complex, high potency B compound, where your macro Bs are all 50 milligrams or, or even 100 milligrams. Some of them are in a time release format, and which is all well and good, but... The fact is, is that some people benefit from uh, having the B vitamins dump into their uh, gut all at once, and uh, they take them out. And if they're absorbing, they will know because they will have yellow-colored urine, a brilliant chrome yellow in their urine, which shows that, that at least they're absorbing them. And don't kid yourself; your kidneys need B vitamins too, and certainly the liver does, and every cell in your body. I mean, this is, this is insanity for them to set limits on these things. They know nothing about this sort of thing. And it, it, this is just, well, totally dishonest. Abram Hoffer was treating psychi- uh, psychiatric patients 
with schizophrenia and various other uh, mental disorders. With B vitamins, especially niacin or the no-flesh version, niacinamide as well works in uh, many cases, and also the vitamin B6. And then there's, yeah. then there's True Hope's EM Power Plus product. Exactly. And, and what is it? It's a formulation that is basic. It's based on B vitamins and minerals. And, of course, uh, Abe Hoffer wasn't ignoring the minerals either in his therapies uh, that he was recommending for these people, for these mental patients. And with great success, as I said, he virtually emptied the hospital wards, the, the mental hospitals in Saskatchewan. In this province, we crossed down Riverview, and we've got them all down on the downtown east side, uh, much to this credit of this government in Victoria today and uh, the preceding governments. They should all be held up for crimes against humanity, as far as I'm concerned. We should all be outraged by what's going on. There's, they haven't got enough shelters for the people. This is absolutely absurd. Yet the government will fork over $90, no, about $92 per person per night to the Sally Ann or, or the Catholic charities to put them up on a cot or a floor mat and they get a food voucher to McDonald's the next day or maybe uh, maybe a better meal at the Sally Ann. But the bottom line is, is that this is no way to treat homeless people. And many of these people are mentally ill. Yes, some of them might be drug addicts, uh, and, but that's a matter of circumstances, and they shouldn't be judged just by that alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people need proper shelter and proper food and, and, and maybe a few other th- things that helps a person to build their self-esteem. And uh, when you see these people, I mean, when I come in here, uh, you know, into town on the weekend, and I come off of uh, Highway 1 onto 1st Avenue, East 1st Avenue, and every time I come, there's always somebody standing there. And you can clearly see that these people are mentally ill. And they have a big sign, hello, my name is so-and-so, I need help. Can, can you spare some change? You know, and you know these people are mentally ill just by, I mean, you see a person with just one tooth, you know, and, and they're, they're trying to smile. I mean, it's enough to make you weep. And as far as I'm concerned, I have absolutely no use for these politicians. I don't care if they're right, left, or center. And, and of course, above all, I condemn the premier of this province and his cabinet that they should let this stuff go on. Why not open up Riverview and put these people in there, at least for the coldest part of the season, and see that they get decent meals and, uh, and some support that they need? You know, nothing like clean clothes and a clean bed sheets and a nice clean room and a hearty breakfast and lunch and supper, eh, and a good night's sleep. And a lot of pharmaceuticals. Well, they don't need the pharmaceuticals if they fed them properly and gave them some vitamins. No, but is that what goes on in these uh, psychiatric hospitals? That's what they go on. And, of course, there's the electroshock therapy that, uh, that goes on. You know, we, we've seen the results of that. In some cases, it may well be warranted to stabilize a patient. But I, I would say that in probably about 99% of the cases, it's not warranted at all. No. Of course, we see electroshock therapy that the cops are using these days with their tasers. The True Hope case is interesting. Yes. Because it was a... One individual's attempt to solve a problem in his own family. Yeah, they had bipolar disorder, this sort of uh, depression, uh, and uh, where they have suicidal thoughts. And in fact, uh, if it isn't dealt with through you know various means, either either through the drugs, which unfortunately like Prozac, uh, and it's uh, 
copycats. These are known as uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Mm -hmm. uh, SSRIs. Uh, They can actually bring on the very thing that's supposed to be preventing depression and suicide and, and even worse, mass murder. And everyone, virtually in every one of these cases where there has been uh, somebody grabbing a machine gun and shooting up uh, a whole group of high school or university students that was in Montreal how many years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, this recent case in an in a army base in the United States, uh, without exception, uh, the people were on some kind of antipsychotic drug. And, and no, people are going to ask, is it the psychosis that caused them to do that, or is it the drug that caused them It's very likely the drug that did it, uh, because it, uh, you know, it's not solving the problem. Because mm-hmm. uh, if, it, if, if it was solving the problem, they wouldn't be doing it, would they? And, uh, and then along comes true hope with this, because you see, it turns out that the, the man who was concerned about his family uh, was friends with a gentleman who was involved in uh, the animal feed industry and uh, made note of the fact that uh, swine or pigs indeed can suffer from depression through overcrowding and and also by manipulating the feed for the the swine they are able to overcome that problem so they called it snout and tail disorder yeah well they chew they chew uh, the ears off and the tails off of uh, their fellow uh, pigs, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and of course this is understandable because of the overcrowding. And I mean, this is what happens because they're raising uh, meat for mass marketing, and uh, and so they're doing it on a log scale. And you know, they, you know, it's just like the hundredth monkey. You can only go so far with so many people, and then you start having a problem. Chickens do the same thing, so they get debeaked, you know, so that they're not pecking at each other. And, uh, and of course, there are other things that you could go into, but... So in, with True Hope, he had tried on his... Uh, he had two kids that were suffering from rapid cycling bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And he had tried every drug cocktail that they, that they have for these disorders, and mm-hmm. nothing was getting better. And it was to the point where he was going to institutionalize his son. And then you had this conversation with the gentleman you're, you're talking about, who said, you know, it's, uh, it reminds me of the way that the pigs behave. Mm-hmm. And we solved it by providing them with this nutritional supplement that contained vitamins, and they just started to behave and were happy. And, and, happy uh, to go off and, to market. And social with each other before they, before they were butchered. Mm-hmm. And a light bulb went off over his head, and he said, mm-hmm. well, you know, this may be the answer. And so they formulated their own uh, vitamin supplement and tried it out on, on his kids, and it worked. Yeah, they and got off it. all of their medications, mm-hmm. and and that's 16 years ago, I believe, or 17 yeah. years ago. Yeah, and they started marketing it. They uh, they went to uh, they couldn't get anybody in Canada, I understand, to formulate for them, so they went to the United States and got a formulation, but they couldn't get it approved by Health Canada, and of course I can understand why because in Health Canada you've got. I would say industry plants in there whose business it is to make sure that the interests of Big Pharma, uh, and in this case the makers of Prozac and this other corrupting stuff, uh, aren't going to lose any business. And so they couldn't get a, the, the so-called drug identification number that would uh, allow them to market the product and uh, through, you know, over-the-counter or through pharmacies or uh, health food stores. And so they uh, they started marketing it by... Um, 
thing. Mail order. By mail order, anyways. And, uh, and of course, it was getting around to word of mouth. And so uh, uh, they were shipping it into Canada from the United States. And once Health Canada got wind of it, they started making seizures. And then they brought charges against um, the, uh, the True Hope people. And it came before a judge in Calgary. And the judge said, well, wait a minute. Uh, you have these inspectors from Health Canada knowing full well that if the product is uh, denied these people, that they will commit suicide, and yet they will keep it from coming into Canada when clearly it is helping people and saving lives, and you're prepared to do that. And he said, in fact, the company would actually be liable, reverse liability, by not being able to, not supplying the product, they could be held accountable and in court. Uh, so how do you like that for a turnaround? And thank, thanks to a very brilliant uh, defense lawyer, Sean Buckley, uh, the whole thing was turned around and Health Canada was thrown out of court. And of course, uh, you know, there's nothing. Well, now they're in a position. The worst thing you can do is step on a bureaucrat's toes or kick him in the backside. And that's exactly what the judge did. Now they're in a position where if they are successful in blocking the product, then they're actually forcing True Hope to break the law. That's right. And uh, so they're between a hard rock and a hard place. And, and, and it shows you how much these bureaucrats and the health minister herself should know this, as well as her predecessor, that they ultimately are responsible for the suicides of these people who are denied access to this product. It's as simple as that. As well as her political masters, Mr. Prime Minister Stephen Harper and his Attorney General. Well, look at it from the other point of view. I guess there is a little bit of a point uh, in that they're making a Schedule A claim that this nutritional supplement can cure bipolar disorder. Well, that shows you how obsolete our food and drug laws are. Uh, in term, or how archaic, that you can't make a claim for something that you know is going to help somebody. I mean, this is totally absurd. It's just like I'm making a Schedule A claim because I'm telling you, if uh, you take vitamin C or give it to your children, you're going to lessen uh, their chances of developing scurvy, or if they have signs of it, uh, you're going to cure it. Uh, therefore, you're practicing medicine without a license. This is totally absurd. And that's uh, that's what they that's what they did. But here's the... The other problem, they said, you don't have the, the scientific evidence to make this claim. They convinced the University of, of Calgary in, mm-hmm. in Alberta, I believe, mm-hmm. to do a clinical study on True Hope because, mm-hmm. you know, the results that they were getting with their customers were phenomenal. You know, phenomenal. And they said, okay, we'll take it on. Well, what did Health Canada do? They, they said, actually shut the study down. They said, you need to have evidence when they were getting the evidence, they, they, they prevented them from doing it. Yeah, which shows you how hypocritical and how contradictory uh, the system is. And I mean, this is a scandal that uh, is a shame to the Canadian justice system and, uh, and the health bureaucracy uh, in Ottawa, as well as our political uh, uh, representatives, because, uh, you know, I, I, I feel totally betrayed anyways, because there were two... MPs uh, in the Conservative Caucus that were very sympathetic to the cause of True Hope, among others, causes. And uh, when it came to these bills, C6, they totally betrayed us. And they went along with, with 
with the prime minister and the health minister like sheep and uh, and totally betrayed. And I tell you, as far as I'm concerned, and I know this is off topic, but we need to change the system. Forget about two parties. We need to have what we call direct democracy where everybody in Canada has to vote on an issue. They've got to learn about it and then vote on it. And like they do in Switzerland, so that matters of this kind of issue aren't going to be dependent on some ignorant prosecutor or or judge or some ignorant bureaucrat, but in fact it's going to be decided by science, true science. So you set up a science study at the University of Calgary or at the University of at Lethbridge, and the government's going to shut it down because why? They want the evidence. Why would they prevent you from developing a study to get the evidence? The good news is, is that it was only temporary, and they did get the study. Well, back they going. were embarrassed by it. It was, a, I mean, what a, what a, you know, totally embarrassed by it, as they should be. They're totally shamed into having and to do the, it. And uh, the preliminary results of the study are very, very good. Exactly, and they, and it's backed up by a psychiatrist at Harvard. Whereas he was having to see patients uh, frequently, I guess as much as, what, twice a week or something like that, it's down to maybe once every couple of months because they're doing so well on this product. Yeah, I think they're also, there's the University of, I can't remember which university, but it's in San Diego, is also doing, it's co- probably, cooperating with the University of Alberta on this. Yeah, well, this is probably the University of Southern California in San Diego mm-hmm. at, um but this is, you know, it just points to how absurd uh, the food and drug laws are to begin with. Uh, the food and drug, it's archaic. It was designed really to uh, protect the pharma interests of the pharmaceutical industry and not the, the health and well-being of Canadians. Uh, I mean, this is one reason why uh, we have these uh, actions against some of the B vitamins that were going on and, the, and uh, vitamin C and uh, minerals like chromium picolinate, for instance, and totally absurd, totally. The latest story, or the latest development in the True Hope story is that they are now taking, as we speak, they are taking Health Canada to court. As, as they should, and, and I just hope that they have the finances to do it, because let's face it, they've only got to whatever they are getting out of their business to pay for the, the, the court costs and the lawyer's fees, uh, whereas... Uh, Mr. Harper is busy raiding our pocketbook through uh, income tax as well as the harmonized GST tax. So uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that in cases like this, that those responsible in Health Canada should be forced to pay part of the court costs when they lose the case. <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is typical. We have, for instance, this uh, antiretroviral drug called the nevirapine. And twice it was rejected by Health Canada as being too toxic. But through the imaginations of two medical doctors, one locally and one out of Montreal, uh, a drug that was rejected twice as being too toxic has now got approval. And interestingly enough, this drug did not get approval in any other country until it was approved in Canada. So this was the key to making a hell of a lot of money on a drug that kills a hell of a lot of people. So B vitamins, in summary, they're good for the brain? They're good for the brain. Uh, They're important for uh, healing. Uh, They're important for healthy eyesight, uh, for healthy eyes, uh, for the health of your skin, uh, the quality of your nails. 
you know, if you get enough of uh, the minerals of calcium and magnesium and zinc and boron and so on, you're going to have better bones, you're going to have better nails. You know, uh, they say you can't see the moons on your fingernails, especially the little fingers. Uh, maybe uh, you're short of riboflavin, but I, I kind of think that's an old wives' tale because I know people have no moons at all and they have good, pretty good eyesight. Interesting. What about cardiovascular health? Oh, definitely. And uh, there's evidence, of course, that uh, both uh, the B vitamins, all the B vitamins, especially uh, niacin and vitamin B6, uh, play a very important role in cardiovascular health. And, and of course, uh, the cofactor minerals like zinc and uh, magnesium, calcium. Uh, selenium is another one. Very important. Works with the B vitamins. It's these minerals that actually uh, make your vitamins work because they activate the uh, enzymes because these, uh, uh, these vitamins are actually components of enzymes, as are the minerals. So uh, enzyme uh, therapy is very, very important in healing, but it all works through vitamins and, and minerals. We've talked about the deficiency diseases in regards to the B vitamins, mm-hmm. and we've also talked about Dr. Hoffer and True Hope using a B vitamin supplement to treat mental disease. Mental disease. The theory is is that some people have a much higher than usual requirement. That's right. Either it's acquired as uh, as what happened to the uh, Canadian prisoners of war in the Japanese camps that were almost starved to death. In many cases, of course, there was death through starvation. But because of this long term. Uh, uh, malnutrition. Malnutrition. Uh, they acquired a higher. Uh, they developed an acqu- a need for higher amounts of, of uh, some of the B vitamins, especially uh, niacin, than what uh, an ordinary diet would supply. And uh, and Hoffer was able to. Doctor Hoffer was able to solve that problem. But uh, that can happen to anybody. People that go on a fast, for instance, uh, are taking a risk if if they really don't know what they're doing on fasting. And because fasting means that maybe you're just going to be on water for a certain length of time. People go on hunger strikes uh, for various reasons of politics or protest, you know, uh, so uh, they can be at risk by developing a, a need for a nutrient normally that they, uh, extra need for a nutrient that they otherwise would have got by with uh, normal levels. If it's true that a lot of these disorders and, and conditions are the result of simply a nutritional deficiency? Why isn't this common knowledge, and and why aren't we seeing more doctors use vitamin therapy for these conditions? Because doctors don't get very much nutrition in uh, medical school. They might only get a couple of hours, and if that's the week that they're off on their honeymoon or uh, on a holiday or for some reason or another they might even be ill, they miss that. And so they go essentially out of uh, medical school with their medical degree, but uh, v- virtual ignorance on the importance of, of vitamins and minerals and, and, uh, and overall nutrition against disease and for better health. It's just like uh, my friend, his, his daughter said to her, well, I'm married to a doctor and come from, he comes from a family of doctors. And uh, so don't talk to me about vitamins. They, you know, my my husband and his doctor relatives don't believe in vitamins. Well, that can be a very dangerous matter of disbelief because you can really open up a real can of worms uh, down the road for your overall health. 
I can understand why, you know, the pharmaceutical industry wouldn't be promoting vitamins because it's direct competition to what they're doing. That's right. And there's a lot of money in these psychiatric drugs. But in a country like Canada, where the treatments are paid for by the taxpayer, Mm -hmm. why do you feel that, you know, if there's a more effective way of doing it, a more cost-effective way of, of doing it and solving these problems, why isn't it happening here? Because it's all, again, it's all about money. Uh, you see, the profit is uh, in these drugs. I mean, uh, you have a, an anti-cancer drug like Herbitux, and it's, uh, it's about something like $1,200 a week for the treatment. And after 12 months, the patient's dead, but the tumors have shrunk, so you've got people clamoring, their cancer patients clamoring for that drug because you have this little hint that it might be okay. Whereas on the other hand, you have somebody who uh, is um, manufacturing uh, cannabis oil. And we have anecdotal cases, yes, but people who were clearly diagnosed with either inoperable brain tumors or t- brain tumors that were operated on and but kept recurring and to the point where no more operations yet on cannabis oil tumors are gone in remission but nobody wanted to look at that why because you can grow cannabis all over the place it's dirt cheap mm-hmm. and of course uh, this uh, but herbitex 13 or 1200 dollars a week you know i mean there's some there's some uh, some drugs that are 30000 dollars a treatment I mean, uh, you know, uh, if you've got the money, and I guess if you're a, um, a millionaire or a billionaire, fine, uh, you, can, you can buy the hospital and get whatever you want. But if you're just a senior citizen on a pension, then uh, you're just going to get whatever uh, your uh, Medicare will allow. And believe me, it won't be very much. And, and of course, uh, vitamins aren't on Medicare. You pay for them out of your own pocket. True. But with two-thirds of the budget being, you know, at least two-thirds mm-hmm. of the budget being healthcare costs, and we've got all these people who are taking psychiatric medications where possibly all they need is uh, vitamin B and mineral supplementation. Mm-hmm. And vitamin C. Uh, which would be probably one-twentieth of the cost of the drugs yeah. that they're on. Well, uh, f- for instance, if, uh, if they put them on a, a medium-potency multiple vitamin and mineral, it gives you a 25-milligram spectrum of B vitamins and maybe, uh, well, 150 milligrams of vitamin C and you've got uh, calcium and magnesium and, you know, 125 milligrams of calcium and 50 milligrams of magnesium, maybe 5 or 10 milligrams of zinc, and then you've got some, you know, um, some other minerals in there, selenium, for instance, and so on. They took one of those a day and, uh, and maybe an extra 500 milligrams of vitamin C for a whole year. If you did that to, say, a class of kids, you know, and they come to school and they get their vitamin and see how many are absent during the whole school year in terms of being sick with a cold or a flu or whatever, it would be a very interesting study to do. It would be very cheap to set up and do, and it could be done. And uh, they might not have to give them flu shots then so we're talking or about shots about, uh, for this, that, or the other thing. Talking about increasing productivity, but mm-hmm. just imagine how much, how much money it would save the, the taxpayers mm-hmm. uh, if this was actually done for, for mainstream medicine. Yeah. If, uh, if, I mean, uh, yeah. True Hope did an economic analysis on they got uh, something like 10,000 people off of their psychiatric drugs and onto True Hope. Yeah. And they calculated the difference in the cost and how much money they were they were saving the healthcare system 
in Canada, mm-hmm. and it was an absurd figure. Mm-hmm. I should imagine it could be in the tens of thousands of dollars per person. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a lot of money. That's right. And of course, uh, who's out of pocket when that happens? It won't be True Hope for sure. And, uh, and it certainly won't be the people that are taking the True Hope product. But it will be the manufacture of the drugs that these people would have been on otherwise. And, uh, but nobody takes that into consideration. Least of all, our politicians uh, who I think, um, well, whatever, if they were given a second brain, it would be lonely. <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for this week. And any, any final thoughts on B vitamins? Yes, take them. Take them? And- yeah, get yourself a good quality, high-potency, multiple vitamin and mineral that has all of the B vitamins, uh, at least 25 milligrams each for uh, what I call the macro Bs, like your thiamine and, uh, and uh, riboflavin and... B5, you know, B3 or B4. Uh, your folic acid will be one uh, milligram, and your B12 might be 25 micrograms, or it might even be 100 micrograms if you're lucky. Colline and inositol, 50 milligrams each. We didn't even get on to colline and inositol, but we could talk a lot about that alone. I think you uh, you did mention it a yeah. little bit, but we yeah. didn't. Yeah, we didn't go into detail. No. Yeah, and of course. Uh, well, I guess that's IP6 is is an inositol. Uh, factor of inositol yes and of course uh, it's a it's a fat emulsifier it's a fat transporter important for neurological function keeping your cholesterol in in uh, solution and uh, and uh, keeping your cells uh, coated well in cholesterol and also uh, helping you to make your own vitamin d you know because the skin uh, uh, the oil on your skin is number 70 hydrocholesterol Cholesterol is an essential nutrient in its own fact. It's just that we can manufacture it, you see, from our food. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so that wraps it up for this week. We'll be talking about vitamin C next time. And see you next week. Yeah, if we're not censored. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you very much, Andrew. Okay, see you next week. <laughs>